Live Smackdown. Podcast in the shadows. Split. Doing the damn thing. WWE. What's good, y'all? Shut it off with 205 Live. Really, really cool moment opened at the start of the show. I was confused for about five seconds till I looked up and saw the hashtag 205 Live. Even though the uh, very end of SmackDown had uh, went over or run over into uh, the 205 Live timing. But it was cool because 205 Live still was able to get their full show off and it was a a very cool show, a fairly uh, entertaining show. I enjoyed it. We started off the evening with, uh, I believe, Umberto Carrillo and uh, Lince Dorado talking with general manager Drake Maverick about a match coming up. Lince hasn't had a title opportunity. And he's been around since the Cruiserweight Classic. Well, I, I would almost... Did him and Grand Metal League go at it? It was two separate matches. I think it was two separate matches. But both of them definitely grabbed my attention during the Cruiserweight Classic. So, uh, you know, Lince made a good point. And I think that he's somebody that is completely well-deserving of a, a title shot. So, you can see that he was going to get his opportunity on the even. So, him and Umberto went at it one-on-one. They definitely have been building this story up for the past couple of weeks. Along with um, Davari trying to be, you know, in his ear about how uh, he can do things on his own. Whatever. In the moment. Apparently, Luch House Party, though still cool, aren't really talking. And uh, it's uh, it was cool. So I was excited for that match later on in the main event. Opened up the show, I believe, with uh, Tony Nice taking on Mike Canellas. And Mike Canellas picked up a much-needed victory. Tony Nice has been, uh, wouldn't say floundering, but as far as the story is being told, he's been lost uh, on his road back to the Cruiserweight Championship. I think Tony Nese is a great in-ring competitor. He just uh, needs a little bit more than the premier athlete character. I can understand that, and I can definitely respect it. And they're speaking on uh, redefinition and uh, reinvention of the character. So that is what Tony Nese, uh I-, I believe that's the direction he was going in. Either way, Mike Canellas picks up a much-needed victory. Oh, nice to see that uh, he's trying to step his game up. We'll see if this eventually translates to a Cruiserweight Championship opportunity. I'm not optimistic nor pessimistic toward uh, how he moves in storyline. I think uh, the Cruiserweight division is where a lot of the WWE superstars are separated from a lot of the uh, hopeful indie guys, if you will, that are confused with some form of competition. So we will see how that continues. But um, I don't... If anybody needed a... If anybody needed a character reinvention, it would be uh, Mike Canellas. But there is a link. So we'll continue on. Uh, good matchup between Mike Canellas and Tony Nese. 
Uh, Mike Canellos picks up the victory, and uh, I'm pretty sure his pregnant wife is happy about that. So we'll see how this continues to evolve for the Canellos family. And um, yeah, all in all, a good match. We had uh, a couple of backstage segments uh, called Bollywood Boys, Sing Brothers backstage, and uh, they're talking about how they they had a little cool segment. It was you know just funny with the way they do the little little poses and such like that. The artistry, uh, it was good stuff. I, I I like that. I think they can maybe uh they might be on to a little something with that idea and you know just just high and mighty award winners and uh thespianism and such like that so uh good good and uh next matchup we got into was between Akira Tozawa and the Brian Kendrick uh taking on uh, uh two local talents, I believe one of these local talents was the talents from Raw uh, from earlier in the week, and uh, also, well, yeah, just two local talents, and then they went, they went at it eventually to Zawa, and they're in a whole match, really, but eventually to Zawa turned truly into, you know, that in-ring animal, man, it was from that missile dropkick from the top rope, and the way he got up from the bump, you could see he was zoned thin. It's not easy to jump from that distance and land on your back, you know. So to get up and get go from there, you know, it was uh, totally a form of the stamina monster that I haven't really seen. And I, I like uh, that little bit of uh, aggression with Tozawa, you know. He's capable. He's, you know, he has a fun offensive moveset, but... You know, like I said, he got up from that uh, missile drop kick, did the little push into the corner, a lot of tandem offense between uh, the two with him and Brian Kendrick. So we're gonna see, we're gonna see how uh, how this continues to translate throughout the weeks. Main event saw Umberto Carrillo, number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship, taking on Lince Dorado. Stipulation was the winner, if Lince, well, if it was Lince Dorado, he would be uh, added to the Cruiserweight Championship match in uh, about a week from Sunday, what, for, at Clash of Champions. So, good stuff. All championships are defended. Uh, Lince and Umberto had a good match. Lince hits harder. Uh, I would say both of these guys are evenly matched in the speed department. And uh, Lince picks up the victory. The main thing here, though, for me, is Lince Dorado showing that he has just as much fuego as his uh, Lucha compadres, his Lucha amigos in Kalisto and Grand Metalik. We see Grand Metalik getting a couple of more opportunities on camera. I totally just, I loved him sliding around on the production crate backstage. Uh, during the uh, SmackDown portion of the show, and I mean, it's it's a step in the right direction. We've been seeing him in ring for a while. The King of the Ropes has totally proven to be a capable singles competitor. And take nothing away from the Lucha House Party. I definitely think all three of these guys can, uh, you know, have singles success along with 
you know, remaining loyal to their uh, stable. We've seen teams like the New Day do it. Even on NXT, we see teams like uh, the Undisputed Era do it. So, uh, I think maybe, uh, you know, like, I wouldn't uh, split them up as far as the volume and such like that goes, like, trying to be in his ear, and that's not, like, the way they wrote it. You know, Lindsay wasn't falling for Davari's game, so it was good stuff. Oh, uh, so uh, match ends. Lindsay picks up the victory. Attacks, attack from behind to Tony. From, from excuse me, from uh, what's his name, Drew Gulak, uh, Umberto. Because there's mutual respect between him and Lindsay, it was a slight disagreement that got into their little rivalry. But before it got too hot, you know, respect was. Uh, put back on the table because Lindsay was coming to defend his well, defend his uh, you know, his colleague in a way. And out comes Tony Nese with the surprise attack. We know Tony Nese and Drew Gulak have had a very heated rivalry in the past, and uh, Tony Nese looking for that reinvention. It definitely looks like his flame is lit. He is he's pissed off backstage, beat up on Oni Lorkin for a little second. Oni was trying to uh, be uh, supportive, but uh, man, it, it, look, Tony Nice looks like he's he looks like he he has that reinvigoration. Now, I would never ever say uh, oh, we need a bunch of heel turns, but I've recognized with the product that a heel turn is definitely uh, valuable for a lot of superstars if utilized correctly so it was definitely art in my opinion to uh pick the spots for certain characters uh just making that uh switch over to uh the dark side if you will lol but it was definitely good so show ended on that great show fairly entertaining it was uh, good stuff. Open up the SmackDown Live now, though. Man, oh, man. With Bailey, who is a hybrid between the heel and the face. And I'm just like, aw, because a lot of people were going to complain about it. But I think Bailey trying to justify her actions, you know, as a face still, but clearly doing heel things. It either speaks to the influence Sasha has on her or it you know, speaks to that little rebel-like edge that Bailey's been uh, quoted to be cultivating throughout the past couple of months. And I think that ultimately uh, the SmackDown Women's Division, the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, looks much brighter, you know? Like, that was something that made me feel like, oh, this women's title is pretty important. Bailey cut a promo, and one of the main parts of it was it was all for this, you know, and the championship really uh, seemed like it was put to the forefront. It made it feel like it mattered, and um, I like that. I thought that was cool. This brings her. Uh, she's talking and brings out Charlotte. Do not speak ill of the queen. Thou shall not uh, talk down on the queen, and uh, Charlotte comes out. She. Uh, it's almost confusing. It wasn't really... I mean, it was a heel-esque promo, but it feels like both of them are hybrids. Maybe they're trying to warm up uh, both of them for a switch. But I don't know. Maybe uh, Bailey will remain a face. Maybe she'll be more uh, face-centric next week. 
but we will see. Either way, uh, Charlotte comes out, talks her talk, and this brings out Sasha Banks, which uh, leads Charlotte into hitting Bailey. There's your hill spot. Bailey could have hit Charlotte, but didn't. Either way, Charlotte and Bailey, they finally put a little bit of uh, steam behind their rivalry. I was a little, I was kind of looking for that with the Ember Moon build, but Charlotte's been here. Well, yeah, Charlotte's been around doing this for a lot longer. Clearly, nine-time women's champion. So, you know, she knows what she's doing. So hopefully Ember was taking some notes and uh, paying attention to, you know, the mic work and such like that. So good stuff. Very good stuff. And uh, Sasha comes down. Uh does well as Bailey was down, uh, getting beat up by Charlotte, gets a couple chair shots in. Pat Bailey gets up, gets some chair shots in for herself after Sasha passed it to her. It's just good, uh, cohesive unity. And, um, I was, I mean, look, better yet, that was that segment. I will say, people enjoy seeing the entrances, that's cool. I enjoy seeing the entrances too. Uh, there was a good energy on the crowd, you know, receiving Bailey and such like that. You heard a little bit of a mixed reception, but man, when that music stopped, the only thing you could notice was the chorus of noise and reaction from the WWE universe in uh, all sorts of uh, emotion regarding Bailey's actions on Raw. So that that's good stuff. I think uh they might be on to something with just uh like Bailey being a face but actually being like a heel and such like that. Like whether it be influence of Sasha or not. But um all in all great opening segment. Elias goes one on one with Ali in the second round of the King of the Rings tournament. Now, I thought it might have been a couple of shenanigans here. I don't know. I, you know it's been a little bit of, I don't want to say hokey, but it's been a little bit of a different uh, vibe on the King of the Ring tournament in general uh, in the past couple. We got a triple threat match to lead into who's going to, what, the finals next week on Raw. So it's like, oh, my goodness, what can WWE do this week? to continue to just add different types of elements to the story. But I was wrong. That's fine. Uh, we got Ali with a couple of good moments, but 85% of that match, Elias was kicking his ass. Aggression made Elias look strong a couple for the couple past couple of weeks, say like that. He's been looking a bit like a joke character, and I think... Last night's match with Ali, it got good sympathy for Ali moving forward. And people definitely want to believe in Ali, believe in the light and such like that. And, uh, you know, they were behind him. And uh, Elias looked like a complete badass out there, you know. Hit his moves, evaded the 450 the good way, you know, it was a lot of good, good work, I believe he's working over the knee, but it was because Ali did a tope and landed on his knee bad, I technically missed that because I was trying to see what the impact looked like on Elias hitting the barricade, but either way, this is why you got to pay attention to all of the stuff that goes on on camera, 
But um, all in all, a very, very good uh, matchup. A good dominating matchup for Elias, who moves forward uh, in the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, Fire and Desire. Team Absolution. Team Tough Enough. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. I'm so biased to Sonya with Sonya Deville. I think she is just on the up and up. Practice makes perfect. I saw maybe one move. That just didn't go over as well as it could have. I would, I didn't, and it wasn't even that bad. Like I wouldn't even call it a botch. It was just, you know, small mishap, maybe confusion in the ring, but still, uh, good stuff. Great entrance. But look at me being biased again. Um, good, uh, good match between them and the women's tag team champions. Uh, Fire and Desire picking up the victory. Uh, really speaks to uh, the women's, well, the women's tag team division. Uh, potentially get into the next level, taking the next step and uh, getting some serious competition. We know with Sasha and Bailey, you know, it's like, oh, like the first thought I had was, oh, wait a minute, they're a tag team. Like, they were definitely a tag team. They're best friends. Uh, and uh, it's, it, it, they were the first champs, you know? I don't really know about calling out the, titles that they didn't care about or didn't really want in the first place. I mean, I understand from a, a couple of storyline angles, but at the same time, these women went through the elimination chamber to get those championships, went through so many other teams to be able to win and become the first ever. So even though they were dropped at WrestleMania, uh, and maybe it's just me, it's like, you don't want to drop the value of them. But either way, now... You could definitely see the value putting back into them. Fire and Desire pick up a victory. Crazy spot outside with uh, Mandy and Nikki Cross. It's just a nice little little brawl feel. Alexa Bliss up top going for a twist of Bliss on Sonya. Sonya gets the knees up. And um, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville hit Alexa with the fire and desire. Unless we got a better name for the move. I'm going to just call it that little... Was well, like a running knee and a little sliding knee to the back in the knee. Oh, man, it was just good. I think that they are so on the up and up. It gives these girls a reason to practice in the ring. Maybe next week we could get uh, Fire and Desire taking on the Kabuki Warriors just to keep a little bit of steam in the women's tag team division. No Salazar, I'm saying. I'm saying, there's there's a lane. If you don't get it, you don't get it. But if you know, you know. Either way, um, I think uh, it was uh, it was a good match for all of them. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross did not look weak losing the match, but it definitely gives some uh, some more juice to the storyline in and of itself. So our champions have to uh, step their game up and see exactly uh, what else they can do to make these titles or keep these titles relevant and interesting. So I liked it. I thought it uh, covered a lot of bases and definitely uh, has me excited to uh, move forward with uh, what happens uh, next week if they get the opportunity for some TV time. Well, uh, Randy Orton uh, going up against Kofi. I think Randy is, it's a great rivalry that he's in. Some of the old, you know, 
rivalries that he was in, it felt like, all right, well, Randy's just being used as a warm body, whether he's winning the championship or not. This time around, Randy feels different. He has a energy to him that has that, of course, healed nature, but it's like, look, this is this is good stuff, you know, and he's getting the best of Kofi each and every week. The story is Randy is psychologically in Kofi's head and all the rest of that. Yeah, no, I rocks with Kofi. It's, uh, it's, it's good to see that the WWE Universe is getting what they asked for and Kofi having a storyline on his own for the most part and it making sense like the New Day his brethren were uh, taken out dismantled by the Viper who is one of the most calculating WWE superstars we have in the what the ruthless aggression era modern era you know reality era the new era however we gonna call it right now uh, Randy's totally on top of his game and he's he's looking great out there you know, so uh, he has a revival with him. It's not like we're seeing Randy in a revival all the time. You know, they're just being utilized when uh, when necessary. And that's that's good, you know, because then when things like it's just, it's really good. I like it. Randy uh, calls out Kofi. Kofi's getting ready to come out, but gets ambushed backstage by the revival. This turns into a super RKO. I've heard people call it the Shatar KO, but I don't know. That's a, doesn't have enough of a ring to it. I'm pretty sure that was something that was maybe attempted backstage. You know, like they talked about it and it's like, yeah, nah. So super RKO, however it works, looks great. Uh, Kofi and Randy, it's looking like, uh, shoot, Randy's in the lead, man. You can't front. Randy in the lead. How you going to come back, Kofi? You looking like you down about 10 right now, player. I know you can do it, though. So uh, we'll find out how the rest of the story unfolds. But whoo, does Randy have the momentum or what? Uh, the crowd still with Kofi. There was a time when I might I was like uh, not worried, but I'm listening to, you know, the reception not being as strong. But with Randy being such a good heel, the reception for Kofi, the Kofi chance allowed the people want to see Kofi come out and, you know, get get some retribution against Randy, but uh, we'll have to see and watch how this uh, continues to develop because uh, WWE Championship, a lot of the boxes was ticked for me as far as making the match feel important and, you know, having the superstars look good. Nobody looks weak. I mean, Kofi kind of, sort of, but at the same time, this is where Kofi has to shine and thrive, so we'll see how it all continues to unfold. Second round catering tournament, Chad Gable and uh, Andrade flanked by La Muñeca, Zelina Vega. Good match, good back and forth. Everyone's trying to sell Chad Gable short. Had Smoke with Joe backstage uh, getting in on the fun with the short jokes. They didn't push him too, too hard. Uh, I totally sensed some Mr. McMahon jokes about it, but it's all right. Like, it's fine. Uh, but Chad had a good showing. He was able to pick up the victory off of a good roll-up. But um, all in all, a lot of heavy hits. I would say Andrade had the momentum for most part of the match. Um, 
Zelina attempted to interfere a couple of times, or she did once. But either way, it was it was a good 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 matchup. So I believe Andrade is going to the finals. He will see the winner of that triple threat match between Ricochet, Baron Corbin, and Samoa Joe next week on Raw. So that should be good. Wait, does he see Elias? I think he sees Elias. I'm bugging. Sorry about that. So either way, it's gonna be uh, good stuff. And uh, can't wait to see how the rest of this tournament shapes out. Alistair Black backstage. Uh, you know, he's been in his uh, he's been in in his quarters uh, for a while now. We haven't heard from him. I was just thinking about him. You know, like, hey, we haven't seen him in a couple of weeks, but uh, it, it's cool. Because now he's backstage and uh, he's saying that the mountain's not going to come to him and he's going to go to Everest. So he uh, heads out to the ring, picks a fight or he wants to see if somebody wants to pick a fight with him. Uh, during the commercial break, we get Shelton Benjamin coming on out and uh, they have a quick match. Good stuff. We saw Shelton uh, do one of his patented spinning heel kicks. And um, this was, uh, it, it was re not reversed, but uh, what was it? Alistair was able to duck out of the way and hit that black mask. Good stuff, quick moves, agile, good good win for uh, Alistair just to show. What the feel on the night was, was a lot of the uh, mid-card talent, the guys that could potentially be one day vying for the Intercontinental Championship. I was definitely seeing how a lot of these guys were uh, being highlighted and showcased, and I was I was impressed, you know? I think guys like Ali, guys like Alistair Black could be the Intercontinental Champions of the future. Uh, long, prestigious, 40-year history uh, surrounding the Intercontinental Championship, so we could definitely see some of these guys being the king of the mid-card uh, fairly soon. I definitely enjoyed seeing uh, Alistair Black do it. Ali looked great. Maybe one day even Elias. Who knows? Like, we'll just see how it continues. And uh, we had Shinsuke Nakamura in action next against, uh, what, I do believe, a local talent. And uh, talk about enhancements. Sami Zayn out there just... Uh, hyping them along and, you know, hyper-selling the moves. Good stuff. Kinshasa, one, two, three. IC champ wins. Enhancement talent was supposed to be viewed at, as the Miz. So, good stuff. Uh, good segment. And we're going to continue to see how these guys uh, mesh as a unit. Maybe get a, a backstage segment or something like that moving forward and uh you know just see how uh maybe get somebody to respond back maybe next week for the go home you know get them to respond back and Sami Zayn have some good stuff but we need to see some swag from Shinsuke he can't just be that rabbit animal you know we we all know he got swag and he's you know different so I would like to see that you know uh brought to the forefront a little more just with uh like how how cool his character is. I think it would be received well by the WWE Universe at this time, and I think that Shinsuke has a level of aggression as the King of Strong Style that is not rivaled by many.
Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. But yeah, good, good, good intercontinental championship segment leading into Clash. Oh yeah. Uh, 24-7 shenanigans happened backstage before and after. Uh, oh, no, because I'm not even about to sit here and get into all of the confusion. But uh, Drake Maverick was the champ. Hopefully, by now, he's consummated his marriage. And I'm going to leave it there. But, um, yeah, Bo Dallas on the B team uh, picks up a victory. This was the spot right before where Grand Metalik was sliding around on a backstage production crate, which is like hilarious. And um yeah, that <laughs> very good stuff. You know, but uh Bo Dallas picks up the victory backstage, uh comes out to the ring after Shinsuke picks up his victory. I believe uh Drake Maverick after a bunch of roll up attempts from some members of the twenty four seven crew. Uh, Drake Maverick picks up the victory again. He's heading up the ramp, and right there, in the hiding underneath a lampshade and uh, the King of the Ring robe, was our truth. So, how about that? Uh, <laughs> uh, truth picks up the victory uh, for the twenty four seven championship. So now he's champ once again, and. Uh, Hey, anytime, any place, you know, always be mindful and uh, stay ready. Say you ain't got to get ready. A good moment, good stuff. Drake Maverick going and flying backstage, trying to get his championship again. With all that energy and how fast he was moving, I, I almost want to assume, unfortunately, he has yet to consummate his marriage, but that that ain't really uh up to me to be trying to figure out so anyway i now on to our main event segment where daniel bryan was trying to clear his name and uh wanted an apology from roman reigns face to face uh hey good stuff rome can't uh, i think daniel bryan came out first rome came out uh Ultimately, because I'm not even gonna get into the details of this segment, you just gotta go back and watch it. Uh, it was it was bananas. It definitely ran over into 205 Live, but Rowan uh, Rowan was uh, the culprit. Rowan, uh, you know, was behind the attacks on Roman Reigns, and these guys have a match at Clash of Champions. Everyone thought DB was working with him, but apparently. Uh, he wasn't, so we saw a face turn, or seemingly from Daniel Bryan. He did an excellent job in this, uh, this whole storyline. Just, you know, with being in that form of his character, and you know, he's a heel, so whatever, right? But you know, it makes me feel wonder. You know, what what incarnation are we gonna get of Daniel Bryan this time around? You know, now that he's a babyface, uh, seemingly. We'll find out. But um, Rowan got a new theme song. I like it. I'm very, fairly critical of the uh, themes of the superstars. So I thought that this one was cool. They ran it for a long time. Uh, going into the 205 Live part of the, uh, part of the program. And, uh, you know, it was Iron Claw Slam the Roman. 
Ironclaw to uh, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan had a lot of talk. He seemed like he's been uh, like I think it, 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 practice makes perfect, but the, he's definitely on to something with some of that crazy acting. Like maybe just a little bit of the wild movement, like the wild man movement. Maybe just 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 throwing spaghetti at the wall with that. But he he totally is. Uh, He's somebody I think uh, beyond deserves it, I think is uh, capable of maybe being a top uh, heel in the company or one of them, you know, going for the championship even, you know, who knows? I think uh, it would be, I don't know about him being in the IC championship picture. I think he'd be fine, you know, trying to vie for the World Heavyweight Championship. But no, no, all in all, the big, big, big part here is Roman uh, being received extremely well after this. I wouldn't say we just pulled a trigger on him going into a title program, but this was something that the fans wanted to see as far as Roman Reigns uh, coming up. Good stuff. Good show. Uh, that was SmackDown Live in 205. I enjoyed it. Uh, so, shout out to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. Shout out to WWE for... Uh, you know, bringing us some some fun and compelling and intriguing entertainment. Again, if you don't agree, all right, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I thought it was some good stuff. So I will catch you guys uh, next week for Monday Night Raw. Be responsible with your powers, and I will holler at y'all then. Peace. Um, anything else? Nah, we're good. Peace.